How you doing? This is your host, Mike, for Working Class Thoughts. So today's episode is going to be on Joseph Mangle. Now, we have a lot of research material to get into, so I'm going to go ahead and get straight into that. So Joseph was actually born March 16, 1911. Now, his parents' names was Carl Mangle, and his mother's name was Walburga. He had two siblings, and he was the oldest out of the other two. Now, his brother's names were Carl Jr. and Alois, or Alois. I can't say. It's A-L-O-I-S. So, his father owned a business, and it was called Carl Mangle and Sons Company. Now, they mainly produced farm machinery. Now, as far as Joseph goes, he was known to do very well academically in school. He had a massive interest in the musics, arts, and skiing. <clears throat> He graduated high school in April of 1930. Naturally, Joseph went to Munich, which was Munich at the time was really renowned for their um, area of studies and academics. So that's where he decided to go to school at, naturally, was Munich, where he studied philosophy. And at that time, the school was actually the headquarters of the Nazi party, which is where it was located at. Actually, it was 1931 when he joined the Stahlham von der Front Solden. This was a paramilitary organization. He was officially became consumed with the Nazi symbol uh, Sturmabteilung, S-T-U-R-M-A-B-T-E-I-L-U-N-G. Sorry about the punctuation. I don't speak German that well, so... The Storm uh, Detachment Essay in 1934. No more than four years later, eh, about four years later, so it was no more than four years later that in 1935, Joseph earned his PhD in anthropology from the University of Munich. Two years later, in January of 1937, he worked for Dr. Odemar Fraun von Verscher. Now, I want you to keep in mind that Dr. Odemar will come up, or Otmar, um, will come up quite a bit in this podcast. And he was the head at the Heredity Biology and Racial Hygiene in Frankfurt, Germany. Now, his boss had a very big interest in twins. It was July 28, 1939. Joseph married Irene Schonbein, or Schonbein, uh, S-C-H-O-N-B-E-I-N. They met while working together as medical residents in Lipenza. Joseph had only one child. Okay, now this is true. He only had one child, his son Rolf who was born in 1944. Now, he's going to climb up quite a bit, but I want you to keep in mind um, that he also uh, disowned his family. His son did. But we're not going to get into that just yet. So, hold on one second. So, to understand Joseph Mangle... In how he did so well within the Nazi party. You have to understand that the ideology of Nazism. They brought elements of both anti-Semitism. And racial hygiene and eugenics. Now this was Joseph's field of expertise as it happens to be. However they took those and combined them with pan-Germanic and traditional um, expansion with the goal of attaining more uh, living space for the Germanic people. Now, Joseph joined the Nazi party in 1937 officially and the SS Protection Squadron in 1938. Also in 1938, he received basic training with the Light Infantry Mountain Troop. He was called to service in the Nazi Armed Forces officially, in June of 1940, a couple months after the outbreak of World War II, he very quickly volunteered for the medical services in the elite Waffen-SS. 
It was the combat arm of the SS, where he received the rank of second lieutenant. In a battle in a um, in a medical reserve battalion until November of 1940. Later, he was assigned to the SS Race and Settlement Main Office in Poznan, uh, P-O-Z-N-A-N. He was in charge of elevating candidates for Germanization. Uh, later, in June of 1941, Joseph was stationed in the Ukraine. He was awarded the Iron Class or Iron Cross Second Class January of 1942. He joined the 5th SS Panzer Division uh, Viking or Viking. He was again a battalion medical officer at that point. Is he he really maintained his medical position no matter where he went in the field, but he did see combat. Now, he actually rescued two soldiers from a burning tank. He was decorated the Iron Cross first class the wound badge in black and metal for the care of the German people. He got so badly wounded in action near Rostovon Don or Rost yeah, Rostov on Don that he was declared unfit for farther service. Now, once he actually fully recovered, he was transferred again to Berlin. Again at the headquarters of the SS Race and Settlement main office. He again resumed a friendship with von Verschaw. He was now the director of the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute of Anthropology, Human Hereditary, and Eugenics. Soon, uh, so it was very soon after that that Joseph was per, uh, Joseph was promoted this time to captain in April of 1943. So, if you study history. The next point of Joseph Mingle's life is really no surprise. Let's look farther into his military career, if you could even call it that. It was early in 1943, Dr. Von Verschaw managed to convince Dr. Joseph Mingle to apply for a transfer to the concentration camp service at Auschwitz. When he was appointed an SS chief medical officer at Auschwitz, chief physician at the Romani family camp at Burkhoff, it was a subcamp located at, at on the main Auschwitz complex. So because of this doctor's recommendation, he quickly got all that rank. I mean, he was set up as soon as he got there. He walked in fully in control. So the SS medical doctors did, um, did not administer treatment to the Auschwitz inmates directly. However, they were responsible for the to supervise the active the activism of inmate doctors. So they would use Jewish doctors that were inmates to actually treat the other inmates because they were afraid of diseases and um, other things. So they didn't, they would really try hard not to touch them. They were forced to work in the camp medical service as part of their, you know, enslavement. <clears throat> One of Joseph's main duties was to make weekly visits to the hospital barracks and ordered any prisoners who were not recovered after two weeks of treatment to death at the gas chambers. Joseph also had to carry out sections and a task that he chose to perform even when he was not assigned to do so, in hopes of finding subjects for his experiments. So really quick, I want to point out what the research material is actually stating at this point is that Joseph took great pride in the selection process. Why other doctors um, even testified that they did not enjoy the task of selecting people to go to the gas chambers or to perform work duties. And on top of that, to select what they were medically capable of working uh, before going to the gas chambers. Uh, Joseph was known to actually whistle a tune while selecting them. All right, so we're going to keep moving forward. He really was focused on finding twins, however. This never left this principle. Um, most SS doctors viewed selections of their most stressful and unpleasant duties to do. And this is what I was just stating. Joseph took, uh, took the task with great flamboyance. Uh, and he would often whistle show tunes while smiling and selecting them. 
Joseph was also responsible for supervising the administration of Zyklon B, the cyanide-based uh, pesticide that was used for mass killings in the gas chambers. So you're starting to see why he was nicknamed the uh, Dr. Death at this point. Joseph served in the capacity of the gas chambers in the crematoria. Four and five. So the next part, again, if you know history, then it is not surprising whatsoever. An outbreak of Noma, or Gangolin's bacteria disease, of mouth and face struck at the Romani camp. In 1943, Joseph launched a study to determine the cause of the outbreak immediately. He had a Jewish doctor named Dr. Berthold Epstein, a Jewish pediatrician and professor at the Prague University. The two doctors decided to isolate the separate barracks and several affected children were killed so that their preserved heads and organs could be sent back to the SS Medical Academy in Graz and other facilities for study. In fact, the research was uh, ongoing when the, the, Rome, the Romani camp was liquidated and its remaining people killed in 1944. So a typhus epidemic happened in the woman's camp. Joseph carried out one block of 600 Jewish women and he sent them to their deaths immediately, like immediately to the gas chambers. Later, he, is, he ordered their buildings cleaned and disinfected all occupants that he decided not to send to the gas chambers and the neighborhood blocks, meaning everybody else in a uh, block radius that was in buildings, were uh, violently bathed, some bleeding from being scrubbed so hard. Deloused a chemical bath at the same time, and then they were given new clothes before being moved into the cleaner block. Now, when I'm saying this, I want you to keep in mind and picture the scrubbing. These people were so malnourished and starved and their skin was so fragile. They were giving a chemical bath and they were scrubbed so hard with these brushes that their skin would come off and they would just start bleeding. The floors would be saturated in blood and chemicals and water, just saturated. But anyways, we're going to move on. The provis was repeated. This uh, process was repeated daily until Joseph was satisfied. They repeated the method again when an outbreak of scarlet fever and other diseases. He had the infected prisoners sent to the gas chambers. For those actions, he was awarded the Merit Cross second class with swords. He was promoted to first physician of the Burkhan subcamp in 1944. It was widely believed both Joseph Mangle and other and the other doctor back in Berlin, his mentor, wanted Joseph to be stationed there to be uh, to better their and further their experiments, what they consider their medical experiments. In fact, it is a fact that Joseph did just that exact same thing. Joseph continued his anthropological studies further and research into hereditary, using the inmates for his inhuman experimentations. This next part, in fact, his medical procedures showed no consider uh, consideration for human health or the safety or physical and emotional suffering of the victims as a whole. He, he focused greatly on sets of twins of children or twins in general. And people with heterochima, H-E-T-E-R-O-C-H-M-A-I, um, iridum, or eyes of two different colors in layman terms. Jorce and other people with physical abnormalities. The twin research was really vital to Joseph Mangle. It was part of the Nazi... It was, party, it was part of the Nazi premises of the superiority of the Aryan race. Now, it was also reported that the twin studies may also have been greatly motivated by an attention to increase the reproduction rate of the German race by improving the chances of racially desirable people having twins. Joseph's research subjects were 
better fed and better housed than the other prisoners. He would temporarily spare them from execution from the gas chambers. In fact, he established a kindergarten and children's school who were the subjects of his experiments. However, as oh, and as well as the preschool children as well. From the Romani camp, which was another word for gypsy camp. Uh, they had uh, better living areas, better food, better treatment, and even had a playground installed. Joseph would offer the kids candy and other sweets and cake, telling them to call him Uncle Mangle. While at the same time being personally responsible for their deaths and an unnumber, unknown number of victims who he killed. Um, with, who actually he killed with lethal injections, shootings, beatings, and his own deadly experiments while watching them played out. Alright, so this next part again probably won't be that surprising. Even when a former one former Auschwitz Jewish doctor said he was capable of being very kind to the children, only to have them start to like him, to bring them sweets, really to think of all the small details in their daily lives that a child would like somebody to pay attention to, and do all those things that most people would really admire in a person. But the very next minute, lead them off to the crematoria and add the same children tomorrow or even a half an hour later, he was going to send them there. I guess with that being said, that is where the abnormally lay. We have to remember that these twins were subject to weekly experimentations as well as measurements of their physical growth and their abilities. This was where things kind of get twisted. These experiments would include the removal of unnecessary limbs. Joseph would even infect the twins with typhus on purpose or some type of other diseases that the Nazis were researching, literally on purpose again. He would also take one twin that he injected the blood of the disease with and then he would take that blood and inject it into the twin sibling directly. Now naturally, many twins and other children would die during these experimentations or during these experiments. The ones who lived sometimes were killed by the disease or Dr. Joseph Mengele personally once he could not have use for them anymore. Now, Nizel also recalled one day Joseph personally killed 14 twins by injecting their hearts with chloroform. Joseph Mangle's policy became if one twin died from a disease, he would kill the other to allow comparative post-mortem reports to be, produ uh, to be produced for the justification for his medical experiments and research. Joseph's eye experiments <coughs> were frankly just insane. He would try to change the twins' eye color by injecting chemicals directly into them. while they were still alive and fully awake. This is where you get that famous picture of the tape being put up and down. <coughs> so he would kill anybody with multiple color eyes so that he could actually remove their eyes to be sent off Berlin to Berlin for further uh, study and analysis. Sorry, hold on one minute. <clears throat> Allergies, man. Just killing me now. <clears throat> Alright, so now Joseph's other session, and this one I found uh, kind of interesting, was dwarfs and other people with physical abnormalities, including measurements, taking blood, extracting their teeth, again, while they're alive, and treatment with drugs that they did not necessarily need to see the effects on them. And as well as unnecessary x-rays. And you got to understand. <coughs> when I say unnecessary. He was sent for multiple x-rays back to back without stopping. Uh, and you can do the math on that one. Radiation is what it has to do with. 
So many of his victims were sent to the gas chambers in about two weeks or so of uh, starting medical experiments. Their skeletons were actually removed and sent to Berlin for further studies. Joseph Mengel would seek out pregnant women on purpose so he would experiment to perform experiments before making them go into the gas chambers. One witness, uh, Vera Alexander, stated that Joseph Mengel so, uh, sewed two uh, gypsy twins together, back to back directly, in an attempt to create enjoined uh, twins. Both the twins died of gangrene after about several days of suffering. So, towards the um, towards the end, twins really were getting out of hand. His uh, research on it. So, Joseph Mingle, along with several other... Oh, so towards the end, things in uh, Auschwitz was taking a dark path. Uh, the Russians were starting to move in, better known as the Red Army, to liberate Auschwitz. So Joseph Mingle, along with several other Auschwitz doctors, Joseph Mingle himself transferred to Gross, Gross Rossen concentration camp in Lower uh, Silesia, uh, S I L E S I A. So on January 17th, 1945, taking with him. Uh, not one, but two boxes of specimens and records of his experiments in Auschwitz. <coughs> Most of the camp medical records were destroyed by the SS by the time that the Red Army liberated Auschwitz in January 27th, 1945. Joseph Mengel managed to flee Gross Rawson on February 18th at 1945, just one week before the Soviets arrived there. Before he traveled westward to later in Czechoslovakia, disguised as a Warmock officer. This time he temporarily entrusted his incriminating documents with a nurse with whom he had recently got romantically involved with. Joseph Mangle and his unit hurried west to avoid being captured by the Soviets. However, they were taken by the Americans June of 1945 as a prisoner of war. Although Joseph Mangle was registered under his own name, he was not identified as being a major war criminal due to the lack of communication between allies meaning between Russia and America. Um, and this had to do with the distribution of the wanted list. Also, the fact that Joseph Mangle did not have the usual SS blood group tattoo on his hand. He was later released under the name Fretz Velman, later um, altered to read Fratz Holman at the end of July. After several months on a run, he eventually returned to the Soviet-occupied area to recover his Auschwitz records. He even worked as a farmhand near Rosheim. He eventually managed to escape Germany as a whole, April 17, 1949. He was convinced that, the catch that his catcher would mean a trial and an immediate death sentence. He was helped by a network of SS members. He used the rat line to travel to Geneva, where he managed to attain a passport from the International Committee of the Red Cross under his alias, Hallmont Grager. He sailed to Argentina directly uh, July of 1949. His wife flat out just simply just refused to leave with him, and she officially divorced him in 1954. Joseph worked as a carpenter in Buenos Aires, Argentina, while lodging in a boarding house near a suburb in Vincent Lopez. Only a few weeks later, he moved into the home of a Nazi sympathizer in a, in a rich neighborhood of the Florida Asta, or Este. He actually worked as a salesperson for his family's company, Carl Mangle and Sons Still. So he had balls. He was still connected to his actual name the whole time. 
In fact, in 1951, he began making frequent trips to Paraguay as a regional salesperson. He moved into an apartment in central Buenos Aires, Argentina in 1953. He used his family's funds to buy part interest in a carpentry concern. He then rented a house in a suburb of Olivos, or O-L-I-V-O-S, in 1954. So, you got to understand that although he was using his old name, he was being helped by both um, Nazi sympathizers throughout Argentina. And you really have to understand this, understand this point in World War II history. And I mean, you really got to understand the connection between Argentina and Germany. <coughs> so officials file uh, an official files released by the Argentinian government in 1992 indicate that Joseph Mengel had been practicing medicine without a license, including abortions, and eventually the Argentinian government managed to get a copy of his actual birth certificate from the West German Embassy in 1956. So then issued Joseph Mengel a former residence permit under his real name. Um, he then attains a West German passport and he leaves to Europe. He meets his son Wolf for the first time, but his son Wolf was told that Joseph Mengel was his uncle, Franz. He went on a ski trip, actually, to Switzerland with his ex-sister-in-law. He also spent a week in his hometown of Gunsberg, Germany. Joseph Mengel, his sister-in-law, Martha, they eventually moved to Argentina. They officially married on no, in uh, no, 1958. While on vacation in Uruguay, they bought a house together in Buenos Aires, Argentina, Joseph would attain part ownership of Ephedro Farm, a pharmaceutical company. Once he was questioned by Argentina police for a death of a teenage girl in a really badly botched abortion attempt, he feared that his Nazi background and wartime activities would eventually be discovered, so he went to Paraguay. He was granted citizenship there in 1959 under his name, under the name... Jose Mangle. He returned to Buenos Aires, Argentina several times to settle his business affairs and to visit his family. Although Joseph Mangle was brought up several times during the Nuremberg trials in the mid-1940s, Allied forces simply thought that he was already dead, so they didn't officially launch any real investigation to find Joseph Mangle. They just assumed that he had died whenever the Red Army had got there. So in May of 1960, Ezra Hurl, director of the Mossad, personally led the successful arrest of Adolf Eichmann in Buenos Aires, Argentina. He was hoping to track down Joseph Mengel directly. Eventually, he abandoned his search. Naturally, Joseph contacted Nazi supervisor Wolfgang Gerghog, who helped Joseph go over the border directly. And hid him on his farm. Mangle bought the farm for the for the family helping him. So the farm basically wasn't this family's that were sympathetic to the Nazis. Joseph Mangle bought the farm for them because they helped him, striking an immediate uh, connection to him. So 1969, Joseph Mangle and Stoppers purchased a farmhouse in Caparis with Joseph as half-owner himself. Joseph Mangle's health, he really started to grow really bad and since 1972. So he officially suffered a stroke in 1976 and because he had high blood pressure and he had an ear infection that affected his balance. So February 7th, 1979, he suffered a stroke while swimming and he drowned. Joseph Mangle was buried under the fake name he had been using, Wolfgang Gerghog. Some other names that he was known to use during his time was Dr. Frosthod Rondon, Sr. Uh, Josie Alvers Ospusu. <coughs> Later, in an ironic twist, 
I find this next part an ironic twist because you got to remember that Joseph Mangle was experimenting on people and removing the skeletons back in the day. Remember that? <clears throat> well, it goes around, comes around, so they say. 1992, DNA testing confirmed that Joseph Mangle's identity, but the family members of Mangle's flat out refused requests from Brazilian officials to return Joseph Mangle's remains to Germany. So his skeleton eventually was removed, and it's stored at Sao Paulo Institute for Forensic Medicine, where the use where they use it as an educational tool for forensic medical courses at the medical school and the university at Sao Paulo. All right, so I hope I have time to do a little bit of free thought here. That was a lot of research material. Now, when you look at Joseph Mangle as a whole, you have to look at somebody who was assessed with medical experimentations. This man brutally massacred thousands of children. And I mean, you mean thousands of children. And he managed to escape through his wealth gained on the Nazi party <coughs> during wartime activities to Argentina. And a part of the research material that wasn't stated is it's rumored that on top of that, whenever he was experimenting, that he was constantly working without a medical license throughout Argentina and other areas that he can manage to get to. There was a mass number of Nazi sympathizers all over Argentina that helped the rat line with high-ranking Nazi officials and would set them up with houses over time. But I want to retract back farther. Joseph Mingle was twisted in the head, I believe, from a very young start. Once he, once he got a taste of blood during uh, wartime... Hold on one second. Once he got a taste of action during wartime, I believe that it made him very, very cold. Even more colder than what he already was, because I believe he was already mentally messed up in the head from Jump Street. I believe one would have to be to be able to do the things that the Nazi party actually did. Um, as far as the medical experimentations go, these weren't medical experiments. These were torture experiments. Um, people were used as guinea pigs. The Nazi party would do things such as dump bodies in freezing water, sub-zero water. You're talking way sub, multiple sub-degrees down. Um, down there forming, forming ice around uh, their inmates to see what would happen if a German Nazi pilot would fall during a crash over uh, like Antarctica or Alaska or somewhere like that. Um, so although they called it medical experiments, it was just mass genocide and murder. That's just the brutal, cold, honest truth about it. And you could try to wipe it away if you want to. Um, but it will never, the stain of it will never go away. Um, there was pictures of people standing in front of mountains of clothes, mountains of shoes, mountains of bodies, just piled mountains high. You're talking just Gigantic hillsides, just uh, bodies piled everywhere. Wheelbarrows full of nothing but teeth. Whole rooms packed of nothing but people's hair. Every bit of these inmates that weren't burnt up in the crematoria were utilized in the Nazi wartime efforts, especially during the end because they were getting desperate for material. So nobody was spared. Joseph Mangle took very, very much from Jump Street, like, like the research material stated. While other doctors didn't necessarily enjoy the tasks that they had to do at Auschwitz, Dr. Mangle did. Um, in fact, it was widely known that Dr. Joseph Mangle would actually uh, play the accordion, uh, the accordion musical instruments, um, while having picnics while the people were, that he sent off to the crematoria you can see it off in a distance, and you can see smoke coming out from these people's ashes. And he would just have a picnic with other people at Auschwitz, like everyday life. So at Auschwitz, you had the inmate compound area, the concentration camp, and you also had a whole other area that was like a little village that the Nazi officers and uh, soldiers and stuff like that would actually live at. These people... Although a lot of Nazis uh, were known to not want to touch the Jews or uh, gypsies or uh, LGBT, 
as we call it nowadays. Back then, they just said gay. Um, all of those people weren't spared. Joseph Mengel was killing children, infants, pregnant women, disabled people, um, Jews, gypsies, anybody that the Nazis locked up, um, and uh, gays and everything. I'm talking like Nazi soldiers were known to brutally massacre, uh, especially men that were um, that swung that way. Joseph Mengel took great pride in it. Um, often Joseph Mengel would do things like pull out his side revolver and have a line of children and shoot them directly in the head. As the research material stated, if these children were found to have something that Joseph Mengel wanted to study, in his words, um, if, there was, if their body had something that he wanted to study, he would just shoot them in the head instead of sending them to the gas chamber so that they could immediately perform an autopsy to remove every bit of body part that they could utilize for medical experiments or that he wanted to further study. So in a twisted sense, he did feel like he was a doctor. Um, his son actually went on record stating that he disowned his whole family because the whole family was sympathetic towards a Nazi cause and would say that Joseph Mengel was a hero and that he was doing everything he could to maintain the German people's health, no matter what the task had to do, and that he was a wartime hero. And his son, Wolf, said that he simply could not take it. He just could not take it. And he disowned his whole family. Um, in fact, Wolf is actively doing seminars right now to where he's speaking about the atrocities that happened at Auschwitz. He said that he's worried that so many people are going back to that type of ideology. Um, you're starting to see people swing back towards socialism. And that's exactly what he was talking about. Most people that were alive during the Cold War, most people that were alive during World War II, that lived through all these scares of the Nazis, the Soviets, the Chinese uh, army, the, you know, Vietnamese, like all, like all of it, the socialism and communism. People that grew up during that time period should have a, they have a fear, a healthy fear because they know what the governments that had control of these type of, um, people were able to do. We have to keep that in mind. People, like he said, like Wolf said in this documentary, history will repeat itself if people forget what happened. He said, because people are starting to go back towards that way of thinking. So, and that's my school of thought on it, quite honestly, is I'm seeing a reemergence of it all. But I don't want to get into that right now. I'm going to keep it on uh, Joseph Mengel as a whole. So, while he was on a run, so we discovered a little bit about, oh, oh, no, let me back up. So, the pregnant women that he would actually experiment on, um, he would also inject them with chemicals. Um, he would inject them with what he deemed medical chemicals, um, to help in the chances of making a twin. And if the pregnant woman was actually born or actually gave birth to twins, quite often they were treated quite well up until birth. And then they would take the twins and then the pregnant woman's body parts would be taken or um, she would be sent off to the gas chamber. So... We can't forget the concentration camps. I find it disturbing as there's such a large number of people that forgot about the Holocaust, that do not even consciously think about it anymore, whatsoever. Uh, they don't think about the horrific crimes that happened in World War II, uh, both from the German people and the Russian people and the Italian people and the Japanese people and the blah, 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 blah. We could go on and on like that, but let's not do that. This is during World War II, during the 40s, uh, when communism and socialism was at full swing. And a lot of people seem to be forgetting about what life was like back then. Now, me personally, I didn't live back then, but I am a history buff, so I'm very aware of what these people are saying when they're saying that they're giving these seminars to try to remind people of the atrocities of what happened. I fully understand what they're saying. Because I do think that a lot of people are forgetting. Um, I don't want to give out the estimate. I'm going to include it in the slideshow. 
I don't want to give out the estimate, but it is an alarming number of students that were surveyed that have no memory or no knowledge of the Holocaust and barely any knowledge about World War II whatsoever. That is a very alarming thing. Um, and I'm not, that's more political, so I don't want to get into that in this episode. I might touch bases on the educational system and uh, direction that it's gone from, you know, whatever. Um, I haven't fully decided on that because I got a lot of other stuff that I'm going to try to get through. Joseph Mangle, I wanted to tackle this subject because Dr. Death was one of the worst criminals, in my opinion, in war history or in world history, period. Because Joseph Mangle would keep his patients alive while amputating their limbs, while injecting chemicals into their eyes, by pulling out their teeth while they're giving birth. Um, he would do things like cut open their inner thighs completely, separating the, cut down the, say this is your thigh, he would cut down the, from the knee all the way up. And then he would fold it out like as if you're taking a pork loin. Like, you know, if you've ever been involved in cooking, when you take a thick pork loin or butterfly cut is what it's called, okay? He would butterfly cut it open and fold it over, okay? So these are just some of the things that they would do. They're horrific crimes. And I feel, and I wanted to do an episode on World War II. I wanted to do somebody that was, that, that was different. Everybody that talks about World War II, they always talk about... Adolf Hitler, they always talk about um, Henry Himmler, the chicken farmer. You know what I mean? Um, very few people will talk about uh, Joseph Mengel. Joseph Mengel and Heimlich Himmler, sorry about the punctuation just a second ago, Heimlich Himmler and Joseph Mengel together. Now they were now Heimlich Himmler would have been Joseph Mengel's uh, supervisor, his superior officer of the Waffen SS. Now, granted, they were both equally twisted and insane people, but in my opinion, they were the two of the worst people in World War II history because both of those individuals were very, 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 very much responsible um, for the concentration camps. To be perfectly blunt. Um, and that's why I feel like those two should be covered so much by people that do World War II stuff. Because they really were obsessed with the ideology. Dr. Joseph Mengel was obsessed with eugenics. Now, I do want to point out, though, that when you get into the 1940s and 1930s, eugenic science and hereditary science was a very new concept not just in Germany, but globally. It was a massive new type of science. And I'm talking, people were obsessed with it. And um, Joseph Mengel was very, very, very much obsessed with eugenics. And he was obsessed with twins because Joseph Mengel was convinced that he could find a way to make people produce twins instead of one child but to to give birth to twins and triplets he was convinced he could find a way to do this and then i think a lot of the other things that he did was just off the wall experiments that he dreamed of like um how he got the idea to take those two twins while they were alive and he sewed their bodies together while they were alive and just watched them die basically um that's why I think he's sadistic. That's why I think Joseph Mengel is probably one of the worst of the worst people of all time. Because he, quite frankly, just took so much pleasure in it. The other part I want to point out, what makes Joseph Mengel uh, stick out to me on the true crime aspect is the fact that he was very much aware and able to, he took pleasure in the crimes that he was doing. He took pleasure in the massacring of the victims that he did. He took pleasure in the responsibility of deciding who does, who gets to go to work and who goes directly to die. He took pleasure in all this. He even had the ability to go up to the children and comprehendly go, let me be your best friend, let me be your uncle, and then at the same time kill you. 
while experimenting on you or just directly sending you off there because you have some disease. So Joseph Mingle was a sadistic, insane serial killer. You could call him a war criminal. You call him one of the most barbaric war criminals that ever walked the earth. And you would not be wrong in saying that whatsoever. But even farther, before I run out of time, Joseph Mangle went on to do his medical experiments, like I was saying earlier, in Argentina, and I want to say Chile as well, um, with other Nazi doctors that managed to escape through the rat line. They constantly were experimenting on the people of um, Argentina and other countries that have sympathizers towards the Nazis. And so he, he was, he, his research continued, is what I was saying. As twisted and effed up as that is, he was able to live quite a long life before he was captured. And I find that very, very distasteful. I mean, I, I just think it's so wrong. The only, the only bonus in Joseph Mangle's so-called catcher was, was really Joseph Mangle's body was uh, finally discovered and identified. The only real justice that I feel like his victims got was the fact that Joseph Mangle was so afraid and so petrified of diseases and uh, famine. Just He was so, so petrified of catching something from an, un, from an un-German, from an inferior person. He was so petrified that I think the only justification that he got, the victims got, I should say the only the only the only justification the victims of Joseph Mangle got was the fact that Joseph Mangle's skeleton, just like what he used to do, Joseph Mangle would order that these people's skeletons be removed. Sometimes while they're alive, from what I understand, I don't know how that would happen. I don't even know how that would work. I really don't. But uh, anyways, <clears throat> anyways, but you know, whenever his body was discovered, now every single day. Every single day, the same people that Joseph Mangle despised, the same people that Joseph Mangle in his lifetime hated and could not stand, the same people that he despised, that he would just want to spit on, that he considered inferior in every single way. They're just inferior in every single way. Those same people, they get to do experiments on him now. They're using his bones like as if he was just a tool, like he's not even a human. He's just a medical device to show me where the neck bone lies with the, you know, with, you get what I'm saying? Like, I kind of feel like that's justification for the victims in a way. And I may, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I do feel like that's uh, justification in the victims in a way because he despised these people. You know what I mean? So I feel like he's just rolling around wherever he may be, wherever his spirit may be and just agonizing over that. You know what I mean? All these years, he did all this work. He did all of this work. Now, granted, he was actually very intelligent. Um, One Jewish doctor actually stated that if Joseph Mangle wasn't assessed with twins and wasn't assessed with um, his twisted research, meaning the the murders and the war crimes, the experiments, um, the Jewish doctor stated that if Joseph Mangle wasn't assessed with his, his human experimentation, projects some of his medical research that he found while doing this could be considered valid medical research that was from the words of a couple of other doctors that uh, were interviewed at this for this one documentary i was watching while i was doing research for this episode even still i believe joseph mangle was a serial killer i think he was twisted i think he was a saint i think joseph mangle showed no remorse his whole life to be able to do all these atrocities that he did, and he was afraid of his death. I want you to keep that in mind that Joseph Mangle probably did live in fear for the rest of his life. Joseph Mangle was so afraid of his of his life being taken for his war crimes that he probably did live a life of fear. Although it was a life of wealth at the same time. That's the part I don't like. And I don't think any rational person could sit here. And honestly say that after all the horrible, effed up things that he did, I hope that he actually had a decent life. No, that's not what you say. That's not human instinct. I don't care who you are. The only way that you would actually say anything like that is if you really were um, 
okay with the stuff that the uh, German people were doing during this time. And if you are, then, well, I don't know. But me personally, I just think he's fucked up for what he did. It was messed up what he did to these children. And I think that's even more the most messed up part to me about it was the amount of his victims that were actually children. Literally just children. So with that said, this has been Mike for Working Class Thoughts. And this segment has been on Joseph Mangle. Um, better, he's got some other nicknames like uh, Dr. Death and Angel of Light and Angel of Darkness. Now, I might do some future um, podcasts on World War II, but when I started looking into it and, and realized how many people have forgot the crimes that occurred during World War II, uh, the atrocities that happened, and I saw how many people in the world were interviewed or uh, surveyed and simply said, who gives an F? Who cares? Who cares? So what? That's why I decided to do this podcast, because I am somebody who, as cliche as it sounds, I believe that if history isn't properly taught, we're doomed to let history repeat itself again. We must remember history so that history does not repeat itself. And that's the reason why I wanted to do this podcast. That's the reason why. Joseph Mangle, his atrocities at Auschwitz, the atrocities at the other concentration camps throughout all of occupied Europe during that time. War crimes in general during this time period should not be forgotten. Let us not forget that although the Red Army in this story were the liberators of Auschwitz because they were considered allies at this point, let us not forget that even during this time period, they were guilty of war crimes as well. They would do stuff like rape women, the same things, kill children. In fact, cannibalism. But that's going to be a podcast for another day. And that one might be coming sooner than what you might actually think if you're still with me. So I got some different ideas I'm toying around with in my head about. So, But at any rate, this has been Joseph Bengal, a.k.a. Dr. Death, and Auschwitz. This has been Mike for Working Class Thoughts. Everybody stay tuned. We do have a slideshow coming your way. And I'm going to start work on a new episode. Everybody have a good day. All right? <clears throat>